You are listening to the Loving Liberty Network, and this is the Liberty Moms Show. Liberty Moms are the original secretaries of defense. We are the real defenders of the home front, and we are there when it comes to defending our families and our communities. I am your host today, Delaine England, and I'm so excited to have two really amazing Liberty Moms on our show today with us. First, we're going to be joined by Liberty Mom Jenny Earle. Jenny is, she really is a super Liberty mom. She is on the Utah State School Board. She's tough. She's also caring and soft, and she's just an amazing lady. She's brilliant, and she works super hard, and she has been working very hard on everything to do with education. But right now, about our social studies, um, our social studies standards that are in the process of being changed, particularly K through sixth grade. And so we're going to talk about what that entails. And it doesn't really matter what state you live in. Your state is either is, has just recently, or is going to be going through this process. Is that not true, Jenny? Yeah, a lot of them are in the process of redoing their social studies standards. So yes, that is accurate. They're in the works. And so Jenny, you have done a lot of work on this and you came up with nine suggestions or recommendations And that, if I understand right, the state has kind of come out with these standards and you have recommendations to change those standards. Is that right? That's accurate. Yes. There's some things that would improve the recommended draft standards. And those are the recommendations that, um, that I have listed. So, yes. Okay, great. So what are some of those? Let's just start with one. What is one of your recommendations to change the recommendations basically. Sure. Um, Let me give just a little bit of history real quick so that people know where we're at in the process. Okay, great. So yeah, um, when we have changing of standards, we put together a parent review committee. That parent review committee makes recommendations and then those recommendations, some they can use them or not use them. Sometimes they don't use them and sometimes they do. Um, they, They use some of the recommendations from the parent review committee And um, staff at the Utah State Board of Education puts a writing group together, and they write recommended standards. In this case, it's the K through 6 standards that they've put together a draft draft recommendations. And those draft recommendations came before us in um, September. And as I went through those in a little bit more in-depth looking at at them, I found that by October, when it was time for the board meeting to put them out for public comment, I still had some pretty significant concerns about them. And those are the, those are the nine recommendations that I am going to go through just in just a minute. And um, the key thing that people need to know right now is that the state board of education is seeking public comment on these draft standards. So anybody can go in, they can look at these, they can submit, there's a survey um, that they can fill out 
and put in their recommendations or their suggestions um, in that survey. And then there's two more public hearings that are going to be held. Um, one of those is at the Granite School District office, and it's on December 6th from 6 to 8 o'clock. And then the, set, the, the last one and the second one I'm going to refer to is down in Iron County at the Iron County School District office, and that's on December 8th from 6 to 8. So that's just, this is, that's just a heads up. This is what you can do. Now let me talk about some of my concerns and recommendations um, from the draft uh, document that came out. So the first one, my first recommendations, it, recommendation is that we add back in specific and detailed standards um, that have clear expectations for better learning and assessment so that teachers actually know what they're learning and assess or what kids need to learn and how to assess it. Now let me give you an example so that you can see what I'm talking about. So in kindergarten, for the proposed draft standards, it says, explain why symbols like the U.S. flag are considered important and what rules and traditions have been made to reflect that importance. Okay, that's ours. It's somewhat broad. It's, it talks about symbols like the American flag. So it could really be any kind of a symbol. Um, let me give you the Massachusetts standard so you can make a comparison. Same grade level. It says demonstrate understanding that there are important American symbols by identifying the American flag and its colors and shapes. The melody of the national anthem. The, the picture and name of the current president and the words of the Pledge of Allegiance. Can you see that you could ac actually measure those four items and they are relevant to the American symbols. So that's, I, I only listed a few examples in my document because it, it would be quite time consuming to go through every single one. But for them to go back through and say, how can this be measured? And does this reinforce um, the, the, our American heritage, right? Those are the things that we want to make sure are placed in here. Yeah, so that make, it yeah. kind of sounds more like subjective because it would be hard to have a right or wrong answer to those questions. So it's more subjective. It's just like how you feel, what you think it is versus these are American symbols and what do they mean? What is the symbolism of them and what do they mean? And that ties you to your culture and your heritage. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And all children should have a basic understanding of that. That doesn't, that doesn't, remove their own individual family culture but Not a basic understanding of the american symbols and what those why we have those where they came from that kind of a thing so yes you're exactly right anybody living here needs to understand the country and the symbolism and the meaning of how our country came to be how it existed and what what the symbols that we recognize what they mean and their well, origins so Yes. yes, and even more importantly than that, when we have ambiguous standards, it leaves the door open for large-scale either misinterpretation or politicizing of the curriculum. Um, and then it leaves the door open for anybody to say, well, I met the standard, right? It said symbols, so I met the standard. And yet it doesn't really, um, it doesn't really meet the standard in the way that I think most families or parents would consider the, um, that high expectation to be met. That's why we need the standards to meet the standard. Literally. That's right. That, that's Just, right. Or they clearly articulate what it needs to be. Right? Absolutely. And yes. then they need to meet our standards. Yes. And yeah. then a teacher has the autonomy to decide how they're going 
to teach to that standard. And that's, that's where they're given that autonomy is what's the most effective way to teach about the flag? What's the most effective way to teach the content of the Pledge of Allegiance? You know, those type of things. So, are you yes, ready? Yes, absolutely, because we want the standards to have some boundaries to them so that, as you said, you can measure them. And it also helps teachers. As a teacher, I, I want to know exactly what it is to be taught so that I'm not just teaching my own ideas and just working in anything I want. It keeps us as educators in line and in lane. So we're teaching what the state wants us to teach. And that way there's consistency yep. for all schools and all students. And, and that leads to another important kind of concept here. Um, because some educators will do this, right? They will do They will teach the flag. They will teach those critical symbols and others will not. So there begins to be some kind of an advantage discrimination that takes place when you have a variety of different things being taught instead of the same things. And so some children will get that key, those key concepts and others will not. And that is a disadvantage. And isn't that sort of the point of having state standards is that all the children have a standard that they're being taught. So there is some consistency and we know all the children are taught at least this. So they have some basic knowledge. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So, okay, let me go to okay, the second great. one. And um, my second one stated was um, include a thorough study and I'm taking that language from um, the law itself, a thorough study of American history, civics, and character education as outlined in Utah Education Code at every grade level. And let me just let me just slide down my page here. So when it says a thorough study, um, like school curriculum activities shall include a thorough study, and I'm reading from uh, Utah Code 53G10302. And it says the Declaration of Independence, the United States Constitution, the National Model, the Pledge of Allegiance, the National Anthem, the Mayflower Compact, and then it lists several other things there. And I just want to give you a, a little bit of a fill about the lack of thorough study that was it pushed into the or put into these standards. So the Declaration of Independence is referred to once um, in the fifth grade. And it's asked to summarize the Declaration of Independence. So out of all those grades, the only time it's referenced is once in the fifth grade. Um, the United States Constitution has a strand that references the, the Constitution three times in the fifth grade. The national model isn't referenced specifically. Uh, the Pledge of Allegiance has no specific reference. The national anthem has no specific reference. The Mayflower Mayflower Compact has no specific reference, and then there it goes on to other pre-colonial documents, the Federalists, different things. But um, in those those key things, if we're going to have a thorough study of them, we surely need to be doing a study of them, right? <laughs> Absolutely. So, and Jenny, thank you for bringing those up. If I may just quickly insert the Declaration of Independence, I think it is my very favorite document. It is so incredible. And uh, many years ago, I challenged my students, my entire class, I challenged them all to memorize the Declaration of Independence and take it to memory, uh, short the 27 grievances, because those are really hard. And I, I'm telling you, because I extended that challenge to my students, I felt like I couldn't do it without memorizing it myself. So I memorized the Declaration as an adult, 
And I just wanted to tell everyone, it literally changed my life. It is so powerful and impactful. And I, I just want, I would really love that to be a standard, at least the first third of the Declaration, because the principles of liberty, the principles of America are listed in there so much. And when you memorize something, it becomes a part of who you are. It becomes part of your identity and your understanding. It, it was just words before, even as an adult. I'm like, I'd read it every Independence Day. We would read it. And it's like, well, that's really cool. But once I memorized it, my understanding of it just skyrocketed. And, yes, we can't understand it without really studying it. Yes. And so let me just quickly touch on this. So in the second grade, this is one of the standards. It says, describe ways a responsible government meets the basic needs of local community, which is not the responsibility of a local government. (laughs) Now, with that being said, Hillsdale and this K through second grade, they recently released their 1776 curriculum. And I just want to read the questions that they ask about the Declaration of Independence. So you can feel how at a young age, students can answer these simple questions. What is the Declaration of Independence about? Who was the main writer of the Declaration of Independence? To whom is the Declaration of Independence speaking? What does it mean that all men are created equal? What is a natural right? Is liberty the same thing as doing whatever you want? Why or why not? Now, there's, they have more questions too, but you get the feel... Yes. Of the context of what young children could think about and discuss relative to the Declaration of Independence. And you know what it's doing, Jenny, is it's not just inviting kids to kind of just make up stuff from thin air. It's really teaching them the principles in the question so they can really have something to learn and to think about. It gives them something to think about versus just, think but there's nothing to really think about with those subjective questions now they have something to really think about and to understand there's so much understanding there i love that and i just wanted to quickly say to everyone with thanksgiving coming up that i love the mayflower compact and i would just challenge everyone that is a great it's very short and very powerful that's a great thing to read at the dinner table or or pre-dinner, um, the Mayflower Compact, even though it's not the Thanksgiving Proclamation, which is also great. It is really, it just really expresses um, the amazing ability for these people to come together and self-govern and come up with a compact where they could govern themselves, even though most of them were faithful, God-loving people, but they're uh, the crew who were not at all. And they found a way to all come together and live civilly together. So it's, I think it's very timely. Yes, very good. Thank you. Um, the next item is remove any assumptive language and replace with historical facts obtained from primary sources. Here's an example from fifth grade. It says, identify the difficulties of reconciliation following the Civil War and how the scars of the war continue to resonate today. Now, that's, that's the recommended language. I want to take an example from Tennessee. Tennessee has um, A-rated standards. Um, according to the Fordham Institute, they put out analysis this summer. It says, students will understand the causes and course of the Civil War and the success and failures of re- Reconstruction. And then it goes on to break those down. There's 10 areas that they break those down. I'm going to just read a couple. Explain the efforts of both the Union and the Confederacy to secure the border states for their causes. Describe the impact President Abraham Lincoln's assassination had on the nation. 
um, describe the significance of the Gettysburg Address, compare and contrast the reconstruction plans of the president of President Abraham Lincoln, President Andrew Johnson, and Congress. Now think about how in depth and the deep thinking and actual outcome of the Civil War and things leading up to it. You have to understand to answer those. So we we're just missing a lot of the key elements and kind of skimming over things that are so important for children to understand. They're missing content. Yeah. They're just missing content because like you said, those questions you have to already either have a foundation or you have to go lay the foundation and teach so they can answer those questions because they can't answer those questions by their feelings. They're going to have to have some content in order to answer those questions. That's accurate. <laughs> so yeah. the next one, and I know we're, well, I'm watching time just a little bit here, but the next okay. one is clear standards about diverse historical figures who exemplify the characteristics outlined in our law. Those characteristics are honesty, integrity, morality, civility, duty, honor, service, and obedience to law. And um, I, I, just an example, and this is, this is D.C.'s, Uh, the District of Columbia's example, they say students understand the importance of individual actions and character, and they explain from from examining biographies how people who have acted righteously have made a difference in others' lives and have achieved the status of hero in the remote and recent past. And then they they list about 15 people. This is what ours says. Summarize the contributions of diverse range of historical figures and groups in the community, state, and nation evaluate their significance wow i can't i love the dc question yeah I'm it's fun <laughs> i'm well, there they have a rated standards currently they're in the process of redoing them so i don't know what they'll come out at oh my at goodness so that was such a great question i'd love to know those 15 people they have to choose from because that yeah. can be problematic too is if they only give you certain people um they well, they've aren't really heroes, but yeah, it's a pretty diverse group, and you may agree with good. some, and may disagree with some, which is good because yes. then a child can choose who they see yeah. as their hero. Yeah, you want them to be able to choose their hero, not yours. Um, let's see. Uh, the other big thing that I'm coming up in seeing being pulled up into standards is this idea of action civics or ex- experimental yes. civics or um, service learning. And there is quite a bit of research out there that, that actually um, speaks to the concerns of this type of, um, of civics education. It's the doing of civics without the foundational knowledge of what civics even is. And there's the concern because we're moving kids into action or activism versus the understanding. And at young ages, children really do not have the knowledge to understand. They can serve others. They understand how to help others. Yeah, some of these complex issues in society that don't have a black and white answer, so to speak, Mm -hmm. and they should be understanding principles of basic basic citizenship and basic um, national, uh, you know, our, once again, Declaration of Independence, the basics of the Constitution before they're asked to go out and, and act upon those things. So... That's built into some of these standards, quite a few of these standards. Um, Let's see. The other thing I'm asking to be put back in is exact dates, geography locations, geographical locations, and historical people with their full names. In our standards, we actually, and I, I, I don't know if this was just a miss or something, but it said explain how the actions of key individuals influenced the outcome of the American Revolution. And then it says Washington, 
Jefferson, Payne, Franklin, Revere, and Ross. It didn't even give their full names. Wow. So I, yeah, there's just a concern there that we need to not be so, you know, concise on stuff that we're missing. Plus dates and locations and people create guideposts for people. It doesn't mean that they focus their whole time on memorization, but it does Absolutely. mean that they, they have an idea who they are, when they existed, and what they did. So You need to have a timeline to link things together. The timeline is just so essential to the understanding. You need to know how things link. So for me, it is so not about just memorizing a whole bunch of dates, but it is having an idea, even if it's not the exact date, having an idea so that you can connect things of when things happen. So I, I couldn't agree with you more. That's very important. It really does help kids connect things together. One other item on here is that when they re- specifically, I've asked them to address World War One and World War Two in the older elementary grades. Currently, they're given options like this, comparing the motivations for and desired outcomes of U.S. entry into two or more wars in the 20th or 21st century. So really, if the teacher chooses not to address those wars and to choose to do Vietnam or um, pick another one, do you know what I mean? The Cold War. Those could be avoided altogether. And not that the teacher's doing it intentionally. It just may be they have more knowledge. So they need to be specific in addressing those two wards specifically. There's nowhere in the standards that asks for them to do that. It's it's just a general um, gen- generalization or a general asking of um, pick pick a war here or pick a um, a cause or effect kind of a thing. So, um, anyways, let's see. The other item um, is evaluate the age appropriate appropriateness of asking K through six students to focus on human impact and environmentalism. These oh. have, these are kind of weaved throughout our standards. Mm-hmm. Um, I can give you a couple of examples really quick, and then we can kind of summarize um, what impact might the current, and you pick a global issue, have on world economies. Um, model the physical forces that have helped create some of the significant, ge- significant geographic features in Utah including erosion, seismic activity, and climate change. So they start to weave into that environmentalism. Yes. I would just encourage everyone to um, take a few minutes, go through these standards, um, make your recommendations. Um, our staff wants to hear what the recommendations are. We need to know as a state board where you would like to go um, with these standards, what you want them to look like. You can be specific or broad in saying these don't fit my expectations or I want you to do this, this, and this. Um, remember, there's a meeting at Granite on the 6th of December, and there's a meeting in Iron County on um, December 8th. And so, anyways, thank you so much for letting me have let me come and talk to you about this issue. So, thanks, Jenny. Elaine. I cannot even thank you enough for. We're so happy to have you, and thank you for your work because this is so much work. I just started going through them, and it is so laborious. It it does take some time. So thank you so much. You're a great Liberty Mom. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Stay with us.
welcome. You are listening to the Loving Liberty Network, and this is the Liberty Moms Show. Liberty Moms are the original secretaries of defense. We are the real defenders of the home front, and we are there when it comes to defending our families and our communities. I am your host today, Delaine England, and I'm so excited to have two really amazing Liberty Moms on our show today with us. First, we're going to be joined by Liberty Mom Jenny Earl. Jenny is, she really is a super Liberty Mom. She is on the Utah State School Board. She's tough. She's also caring and soft, and she's just an amazing lady. She's brilliant, and she works super hard, and she has been working very hard on everything to do with education. But right now, about our social studies um our social studies standards that are in the process of being changed, particularly K through sixth grade. And so we're going to talk about what that entails. And it doesn't really matter what state you live in. Your state is either is, has just recently, or is going to be going through this process. Is that not true, Jenny? Yeah, a lot of them are in the process of redoing their social studies standards. So yes, that is accurate. They're in the works. And so, Jenny, you have done a lot of work on this, and you came up with nine suggestions or recommendations. And that, if I understand right, the state has kind of come out with these standards, and you have recommendations to change those standards. Is that right? That's accurate, yes. There, there's some things that would improve the recommended draft standards, and those are the recommendations that, um, that I have listed. So, yes. Okay, great. So what are some of those? Let's just start with one. What is one of your recommendations to change the recommendations, basically? Sure. Um, let me give just a little bit of history real quick so that people know where we're at in the process. Okay, great. So, yeah, um, when we have changing of standards, we put together a parent review committee. That parent review committee makes recommendations, and then those recommendations some they can use them or not use them. Sometimes they don't use them, and sometimes they do. Um, they they use some of the recommendations from the parent review committee, and um, staff at the Utah State Board of Education puts a writing group together, and they write recommended standards. In this case, it's the K through six standards that they've put together a draft um, draft recommendations, and those draft recommendations came before us in um, September. And as I went through those in a little bit more in-depth looking at at them, I found that by October, when it was time for the board meeting to put them out for public comment, I still had some pretty significant concerns about them. And those are the the nine recommendations that I am going to go through just in just a minute. And um, the key thing that people need to know right now is that the State Board of Education is seeking public comment on these draft standards. So anybody can go in, they can look at these, they can submit. There's a survey um, that they can fill out and put in their recommendations or their suggestions um, in that survey. And then there's two more public hearings that are going to be held. Um, One of those is at the Granite School District office, and it's on December 6th from 6 to 8 o'clock. And then the, set, the, the last one and the second one I'm going to refer to is down in Iron County. 
at the Iron County School District office, and that's on December 8th from 6 to 8. So that's just, this is, that's just a heads up. This is what you can do. Now let me talk about some of my concerns and recommendations um, from the draft uh, document that came out. So the first one, my first recommendations it, recommendation is that we add back in specific and detailed standards um, that have clear expectations for better learning and assessment so that teachers actually know what they're learning and assess or what kids need to learn and how to assess it. Now, let me give you an example so that you can see what I'm talking about. So in kindergarten, for the proposed draft standards, it says, explain why symbols like the U.S. flag are considered important and what rules and traditions have been made to reflect that importance. Okay, that's ours. It's somewhat broad. It's, it talks about symbols like the American flag. So it could really be any kind of a symbol. Um, let me give you the Massachusetts standard so you can make a comparison. Same grade level. It says demonstrate understanding that there are important American symbols by identifying the American flag and its colors and shapes. The melody of the national anthem. The, the picture and name of the current president and the words of the Pledge of Allegiance. Can you see that you could act actually measure those four items and they are relevant to the American symbols. So that's, I, I only listed a few examples in my document because it, it would be quite time consuming to go through every single one. But for them to go back through and say, how can this be measured? And does this reinforce um, the, the, our American heritage, right? Those are the things that we want to make sure are placed in here. Yeah, so that make, it yeah. kind of sounds more like subjective because it would be hard to have a right or wrong answer to those questions. So it's more subjective. It's just like how you feel, what you think it is versus these are American symbols and what do they mean? What is the symbolism of them and what do they mean? And that ties you to your culture and your heritage. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And all children should have a basic understanding of that. That doesn't, that doesn't, remove their own individual family culture but a basic understanding of the american symbols and what those why we have those where they came from that kind of a thing so yes you're exactly right anybody living here needs to understand the country and the symbolism and the meaning of how our country came to be how it existed and what what the symbols that we recognize what they mean and their origins so Yes. yes, and even more importantly than that, when we have ambiguous standards, it leaves the door open for large-scale either misinterpretation or politicizing of the curriculum. Um, and then it leaves the door open for anybody to say, well, I met the standard, right? It said symbols, so I met the standard. And yet it doesn't really, um, it doesn't really meet the standard in the way that I think most families or parents would consider the, um, that high expectation to be met. That's why we need the standards to meet the standard. Literally. That's right. That, that's Just, right. Or they clearly articulate what it needs to be. Right? Absolutely. And yes. then they need teacher, to meet our standards. Yes. And yeah. then a t- teacher has the autonomy to decide how they're going to teach to that standard. And that's, that's where they're given that autonomy is what's the most effective way to teach about the flag? What's the most effective way to teach the content of the Pledge of Allegiance? You know, those type of things. So... Are you yes, ready absolutely, because we want the standards to have some boundaries to them 
so that, as you said, you can measure them. And it also helps teachers as a teacher. I, I want to know exactly what it is to be taught so that I'm not just teaching my own ideas and just working in anything I want. It keeps us as educators in line and in lane. So we're teaching what the state wants us to teach. And that way there's consistency yep. for all schools and all students. And, and that leads to another important kind of concept here. Um, because some educators will do this, right? They will do, they will teach the flag. They will teach those critical symbols and others will not. So there begins to be some kind of an advantage discrimination that takes place when you have a variety of different things being taught instead of the same things. And so some children will get that key, those key concepts and others will not. And that is a disadvantage. And isn't that sort of the point of having state standards is that all the children have a standard that they're being taught. So there is some consistency and we know all the children are taught at least this. So they have some basic knowledge. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So, okay, let me go to the second one. And my second one stated was um, include a thorough study. And I'm taking that language from um, the law itself, a thorough study of American history, civics, and character education, as outlined in Utah Education Code at every grade level. And let me just let me just slide down my page here. So when it says a thorough study, um, like school curriculum activities shall include a thorough study, and I'm reading from uh, Utah Code 53G10302. And it says the Declaration of Independence, the United States Constitution, the National Model, the Pledge of Allegiance, the National Anthem, the Mayflower Compact, and then it lists several other things there. And I just want to give you a, a little bit of a fill about the lack of thorough study that was it pushed into the or put into these standards. So the Declaration of Independence is referred to once um, in the fifth grade. And it's asked to summarize the Declaration of Independence. So out of all those grades, the only time it's referenced is once in the fifth grade. Um, The United States Constitution has a strand that references the the Constitution three times in the fifth grade. The national model isn't referenced specifically. Uh, The Pledge of Allegiance has no specific reference. The national anthem has no specific reference. The Mayflower Mayflower Compact has no specific reference, and then there it goes on to other pre-colonial documents, the Federalists, different things. But um, in those those key things, if we're going to have a thorough study of them, we surely need to be doing a study of them, right? <laughs> Absolutely. So, and Jenny, thank you for bringing those up. If I may just quickly insert the Declaration of Independence, I think it is my very favorite document. It is so incredible. And uh, many years ago, I challenged my students, my entire class, I challenged them all to memorize the Declaration of Independence and take it to memory, uh, short the 27 grievances, because those are really hard. And I'm telling you, because I extended that challenge to my students, I felt like I couldn't do it without memorizing it myself. So I memorized the Declaration as an adult, and I just wanted to tell everyone, it literally changed my life. It is so powerful and impactful, and I, I just want, I would really love that to be a standard, at least the first third of the Declaration, because the principles of liberty, the principles of America are 
listed in there so much. And when you memorize something, it becomes a part of who you are. It becomes part of your identity and your understanding. It, it was just words before. Even as an adult, I'm like, I'd read it every Independence Day. We would read it. And it's like, well, that's really cool. But once I memorized it, my understanding of it just skyrocketed. And, yes, we can't understand it without really studying it. Yes. And so let me just quickly touch on this. So in the second grade, this is one of the standards. It says, describe ways a responsible government meets the basic needs of local community, which is not the responsibility of a local government. (laughs) Now, with that being said, Hillsdale and this K through second grade, they recently released their 1776 curriculum. And I just want to read the questions that they ask about the Declaration of Independence. So you can feel how at a young age, students can answer these simple questions. What is the Declaration of Independence about? Who was the main writer of the Declaration of Independence? To whom is the Declaration of Independence speaking? What does it mean that all men are created equal? What is a natural right? Is liberty the same thing as doing whatever you want? Why or why not? Now, there's they have more questions, too, but you get the feel yes. of the context of what young children could think about and discuss relative to the Declaration of Independence. And you know what it's doing, Jenny, is it's not just inviting kids to kind of just make up stuff from thin air. It's really teaching them the principles in the question so they can really have something to learn and to think about. It gives them something to think about versus just think, but there's nothing to really think about with those subjective questions. Now they have something to really think about and to understand. There's so much understanding there. I love that. And I just wanted to quickly say to everyone with Thanksgiving coming up that I love the Mayflower Compact, and I would just challenge everyone that it's a great, it's very short and very powerful. That's a great thing to read at the dinner table or or pre-dinner, the Mayflower Compact, even though it's not the Thanksgiving proclamation, which is also great. It is really, it just really expresses um, the amazing ability for these people to come together and self-govern and come up with a compact where they could govern themselves, even though most of them were faithful, God-loving people, but they're uh, the crew who were not at all, and they found a way to all come together and live civilly together. So it's, I think it's very timely. Yes, very good. Thank you. Um, the next item is remove any assumptive language and replace with historical facts obtained from primary sources. Here's an example from fifth grade. It says, identify the difficulties of reconciliation following the Civil War and how the scars of the war continue to resonate today. Now, that's, that's the recommended language. I want to take an example from Tennessee. Tennessee has um, A-rated standards. Um, according to the Fordham Institute, they put out analysis this summer. It says, students will understand the causes and course of the Civil War and the success and failures of re- Reconstruction. And then it goes on to break those down. There's 10 areas that they break those down. I'm going to just read a couple. Explain the efforts of both the Union and the Confederacy to secure the border states for their causes. Describe the impact President Abraham Lincoln's assassination had on the nation. Um, Describe the significance of the Gettysburg Address. Compare and contrast the reconstruction plans of of President Abraham Lincoln, President Andrew Johnson, and Congress. Now think about how in-depth and the deep thinking and actual 
outcome of the Civil War and things leading up to it. You have to understand to answer those. So we, we're just missing a lot of the key elements and kind of skimming over things that are so important for children yeah, to understand. They're missing content. Yeah. They're just missing content yeah. because, like you said, those questions, you have to already either have a foundation or you have to go lay the foundation and teach so they can answer those questions. Because they can't answer those questions by their feelings. They're going to have to have some content in order to answer those questions. That's accurate. (laughs) So the next one, and I know we're, I'm watching time just a little bit here, but the next one is clear standards about diverse historical figures who exemplify the characteristics outlined in our law. Those characteristics are honesty, integrity, morality, civility, duty, honor, service, and obedience to law. And, um, I, I, just an example, and this is this is D.C.'s, uh, the District of Columbia's example. They say students understand the importance of individual actions and character, and they explain from from examining biographies how people who have acted righteously have made a difference in others' lives and have achieved the st- status of hero in the remote and recent past. And then they list they list about fifteen people. This is what ours says. Summarize the contributions of diverse range of historical figures and groups in the community, state, and nation. Evaluate their significance. Wow. I can't believe. I love the D.C. question. Yeah, I'm it's stunned. <laughs> I'm well, They have A-rated standards currently. They're in the process of redoing them, so I don't know what they'll come out at. Oh, my at goodness. So, that was such a great question. I'd love to know those 15 people they have to choose from because that yeah. can be problematic, too, is if they only give you certain people um they well they aren't really heroes but yeah it's a pretty diverse group and you may agree with good. some may disagree with some which is good because yes. then a child can choose who they see yeah. as their hero yeah you want them to be able to choose their hero not yours um let's see I, the other big thing that i'm coming up in seeing being pulled up into standards is this idea of action civics or ex- experimental yes. civics or um service learning and there is quite a bit of research out there that that actually um speaks to the concerns of this type of um of civics education it's the doing of civics without the foundational knowledge of what civics even is and there's the concern because we're moving kids into action or activism versus the understanding and at young ages children really do not have the knowledge to understand they can serve others. They understand how to help others. Service is wonderful. These, yeah, some of these complex issues in society that don't have a black and white answer, so to speak, mm-hmm. and they should be understanding principles of basic um, basic citizenship and basic um, na- national, uh, you know, our, once again, Declaration of Independence, the basics of the Constitution, before they're asked to go out and and act upon those things. So... That's built into some of these standards, quite a few of these standards. Um, Let's see. The other thing I'm asking to be put back in is exact dates, geography locations, geographical locations, and historical people with their full names. In our standards, we actually, and I, I, I don't know if this was just a miss or something, but it said explain how the actions of key individuals influenced the outcome of the American Revolution. And then it says Washington, Jefferson, Payne, Franklin, Revere, and Ross. It didn't even give their full names. Wow. So I, yeah, there's just a concern there that we need to not be so, you know, concise on stuff that we're missing. Plus dates and locations 
and people create guideposts for people. It doesn't mean that they focus their whole time on memorization, but it does Absolutely. mean that they, they have an idea who they are, when they existed, and what they did. So You need to have a timeline to link things together. The timeline is just so essential to the understanding. You need to know how things link. So for me, it is so not about just memorizing a whole bunch of dates, but it is having an idea, even if it's not the exact date, having an idea so that you can connect things of when things happen. So I, I couldn't agree with you more. That's very important. It really does help kids connect things together. One other item on here is that when they re- specifically, I've asked them to address World War One and World War Two in the older elementary grades. Currently, they're given options like this, comparing the motivations for and desired outcomes of U.S. entry into two or more wars in the 20th or 21st century. So really, if the teacher chooses not to address those wars and to choose to do Vietnam or um, pick another one, do you know what I mean? The Cold War. Those could be avoided altogether. And not that the teacher's doing it intentionally. It just may be they have more knowledge. So they need to be specific in addressing those two wards specifically. There's nowhere in the standards that asks for them to do that. It's it's just a general um, gen- generalization or a general asking of um, pick pick a war here or pick a um, a cause or effect kind of a thing. So, um, anyways, let's see. The other item um, is evaluate the age appropriate appropriateness of asking K through six students to focus on human impact and environmentalism. These oh. have, these are kind of weaved throughout our standards. Mm-hmm. Um, I can give you a couple of examples really quick, and then we can kind of summarize um, what impact might the current, and you pick a global issue, have on world economies. Um, model the physical forces that have helped create some of the significant, ge- significant geographic features in Utah including erosion, seismic activity, and climate change. So they start to weave into that environmentalism. Yes. I would just encourage everyone to um, take a few minutes, go through these standards, um, make your recommendations. Um, our staff wants to hear what the recommendations are. We need to know as a state board where you would like to go um, with these standards, what you want them to look like. You can be specific or broad in saying these don't fit my expectations or I want you to do this, this, and this. Um, remember, there's a meeting at Granite on the 6th of December, and there's a meeting in Iron County on um, December 8th. And so, anyways, thank you so much for letting me have let me come and talk to you about this issue. So, thanks, Jenny, Elaine. I cannot even thank you enough. for. We're so happy to have you, and thank you for your work, because this is so much work. I just started going through them, and it is so laborious. It it does take some time. So thank you so much. You're a great Liberty Mom. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Stay with us. 